Welcome once again to Searching the Scriptures radio broadcast. I'm Pastor Travis Alltop, and as always, it is a privilege to have an open Bible before me on the table today with another opportunity to expound a small portion of the Word of God for the next half hour. And we do thank you for tuning into the program again this week. As always, our prayer and our desire is to help you in the Word of God that you might have a better understanding of the book and that your faith might be increased and that you might be grounded and settled and established in the doctrines and the, of the faith, and that you might know the Lord better. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. On this program, we are interested in what the book actually says, not merely what somebody thinks it means or thinks it teaches. There's a great deal of difference. We're Bible believers, and I'm going to do my best with the help of the Holy Ghost to show you what this simple book says that you might apply it in your life and be a better Christian. And for those of you who are unsaved, we hope that the light shines bright enough that you'll see your true condition according to what God says in his word. And that because when you see yourself as you are in God's sight, naturally a sinner, you'll turn in repentance and look in faith to Calvary's cross and trust Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. That's our goal. We want to see sinners saved and saints edified through the preaching and teaching of the word of God here on this program. This week, Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, the gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, and we're going to begin reading here in verse 17. We'll read down to verse 20 and do a study that I think will be very, you'll find very interesting today. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Here's what the Bible says. And the 70 returned again with joy. And of course, the context here is the 70 men that Jesus Christ sent out two by two. He sent them to cities that he was about to enter into to prepare his, uh, for his arrival on his journey. He was going to pass through several cities on his way up to Jerusalem to be crucified. And he sent these 70 men out to prepare those cities for his arrival. Now they returned. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so upon the return of these 70 men, they've had good success, and they're excited. They're rejoicing. They have great joy, and that's a blessing. It's always, listen, you'll find joy when you start obeying the Lord and serving him. But in this rejoicing, there is a gentle warning from the Lord Jesus Christ, who knew what was in man. Jesus Christ mildly rebukes and gently corrects these 70 men because he said, you're rejoicing in the wrong thing. He said, you came back rejoicing that the devils were subject unto you. Well, the truth of the matter is the devils were subject unto you because I gave you the power to tread on those serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And uh, he gave them the victory, if you will. He gave them the power over the enemy, over the devil, over unclean spirits. He says, but don't rejoice. He goes, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. So they were rejoicing in the wrong thing. He says, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In other words, rejoice because heaven knows who you are. I mean, at the end of this blessed old book, we read about the last day judgment that is so sobering and alarming it still uh, will put a chill in your spine, even as a saved person, 
when you realize one day that all of the unsaved dead will be gathered, both small and great, before the great white throne judgment, and Jesus Christ will judge the secrets of men uh, that day. God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, because God hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ. And there the books are opened, and there is one book in particular that is of great interest to anybody that has ever lived, and that is called the Book of Life. And that Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, that whosoever was not found written in the Book of Life was cast into the lake of fire. But listen, if your name is written in the Book of Life, then your name is written in heaven, and they know you up there. Let me ask you a question before we get into our study today. Does heaven know your name? Is your name written there? If not, why not? You must be born again. I know this much, that born-again people are known in heaven. God knows you when you know him through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And that's why the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called upon the name of the Lord? Have you turned from your sin and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? That's something to rejoice over because you can rejoice in your salvation because your name is written in heaven. They know you up there. Thank God for it. But as I said at the beginning here, there seems to be just a slight rebuke from the Lord to these 70 men. They were rejoicing in the wrong thing. He said, if you want to rejoice, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. But they had been rejoicing because the devils had been subject unto them. They were excited about that. And so the mild rebuke that it is, is simply because maybe what we see here is Jesus recognized a small bit of spiritual pride beginning to raise up in them. And can I just tell you right here that spirit, there's no place for spiritual pride among God's people. Any accomplishment that you make, any fruit that you produce is only because you are rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. Why the vine cannot, uh, uh, the, the, the branches and the fruit, they can't brag on, the branches can't brag on the fruit. They got their fruit and their strength and their nutrients and their nourishment from the vine that they were attached to. And can I tell you, that's what Jesus Christ says, the fruit we produce, the success we have in the Christian life only comes through him. It only comes by being uh, in Christ and being rooted in the vine, the Lord Jesus so we have nothing to brag about. Any, quote, success that we have is only because we've been yielded and are abiding in Christ Jesus. And so he kind of mildly rebukes a sense of pride here, which I think explains verse 18, because he says unto them when they come back rejoicing in their spiritual pride, because they said, man, we, the devils were subject unto us. Verse 18, he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Well, what a unique subject to bring up right here uh, with these 70 men. And yet I think the connection is very simple and very practical for us to learn from. Does anyone know out there why Satan fell from heaven? Why he was cast down from his exalted position in heaven? Do you know why? It's because of the sin of pride, the sin of him envying he had envy in his heart because he wanted to exalt himself above the stars of God and sit as God in the mountain of God. And that iniquity, that proud look was found in him in his original condition, in his original created state, and therefore he was cast down and has a future. And I want to show you today very quickly in the Bible 
uh, Satan's five steps downward. Many times people will say, well, you know, the devil was cast out of heaven and he was cast down into hell. That's incorrect. He has been cast down from his anointed place in heaven, but he has yet to be cast into the lake of fire, although that has been prophesied and that will happen. That's why we sing that old song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. That last uh, verse in that line says, the tempter will be banished and we'll lay our burden down. Glory to God and hallelujah. But listen, Satan has a five-step downward progress uh, and demotion throughout the scriptures. And let's just take a few moments to, to look at it. He was cast out of heaven because of his pride. You say, where do you get that? Well, I get that from Ezekiel chapter 28, which you need to turn to. Ezekiel 28 is where we start. Uh, the devil in his original condition, his original created state, is described here in Ezekiel chapter 28. And let me just say right off the bat that the cliche that we've all heard preached and that we've all probably believed at one time, here's the cliche, and it's, a, it's an error. It is wrong. The old Christian cliche is, well, the devil was, is a fallen angel. That is incorrect. The devil has never been an angel. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15, you can look it up on your own time. It says over there that he is transformed as an angel of light. It did not say he was an angel of light. It says he was transformed. Something that's transformed changes its character and its, its uh, presentation of itself. He transforms. He can transform himself as an angel of light, but he never has been an angel, and he is not a fallen angel. And Ezekiel 28 will prove that to us. Look at verse 12. Ezekiel 28, verse 12, the Bible says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Now watch closely. The king of Tyrus is a representation of this character that we're going to see described in these next few verses. And you will see by this description in Ezekiel 28 that it's not literally the king of Tyrus, but nevertheless, the king of Tyrus represents this being that we're going to read about. It says, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been, look at it, in Eden, the garden of God. Now, right there in verse 13 is your tip off. This man called the king of Tyrus, this king of Tyrus represents a being who has been in Eden, the garden of God. Now listen to me, there's only four personalities that the Bible describes that were ever in the Eden in the Garden of God, and that is God Almighty, that is Adam, and that is his helpmeet Eve. You'll read about that in Genesis chapter 2. But in Genesis chapter 3, there's a fourth personality that shows up here in the Garden of Eden, and that is none other than Satan who came, who was more subtle than any beast of the field. He shows up there as a, uh, and presents himself as a snake to Adam's help meet Eve. So there was only four people that we read about in the garden of, of God, in the garden of Eden. That's God Almighty. That's the first man, Adam, and his wife, Eve. And that's the devil himself. And so when we read in verse 13 that this king of Tyrus, quote, has been in Eden, the garden of God, you know who we're dealing with. Because it doesn't describe God. It doesn't describe Adam or Eve. It is a description of none other than our adversary, Satan, the devil. 
And the Bible goes on to say of this being that every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. He was a beautiful being. He was a musical being. He had pipes and tabrets built into him, which shows you why that music can so quickly be tainted and be satanically laced. Uh, the devil was a musical being in his original creation. It says in verse 14, now it tells us what he was. It says, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. The devil was not an angel that fell. He was a cherub that fell. He says, and I have set thee so. God set him up as the anointed cherub. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. See, that's past tense. He's not there anymore. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. It says, by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. So this anointed cherub that was in the mountain of God, that covered the throne of God, there was iniquity found in him. And it says in the middle of verse 16, God says, I will cast... Therefore, because of this sin, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. And then he prophesies of what he will do to him in the future. He says, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 17, it describes now in detail what this sin was, this original sin that was found in this covering cherub. It says he sinned, iniquity was found in him when he covered the throne of God. And here's what it was. Verse 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. And we'll stop our reading right there. But here's what you see. He was lifted up. That's nothing more than pride and envy. He envied God's position and he was so proud of his wisdom and beauty and his position in heaven that he wanted to exalt himself even above his creator. And that is what caused Satan to be cast down from heaven as lightning fall. That's what Jesus Christ said he beheld. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And I'll tell you what is amazing. If you want to study, and we don't have time for this part of the detail of this study this uh, today on the program, but since you have just found out clearly that the devil, Satan, in his original creation was the anointed cherub that covered, the anointed cherub that covered God's throne. You can study the details about what cherubims are like in the Bible. And you'll find that in Ezekiel chapter 1, and you'll find that described in Ezekiel chapter 10. Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10 will describe some details about this creature known as a cherub. And there are certain features about them that will give you inside information on Satan and what he was before he fell. And what is amazing, one of the things that will show you how you compare Scripture with Scripture to get your conclusion, is in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 14, speaking of these cherubims, they're called living creatures here. Ezekiel says, the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. So when these creatures, these cherubims moved... They appeared to move. They appeared as a flash of lightning. Well, what did Jesus Christ tell us in Luke 10, verse 18? He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So he was originally a cherub that covered. And when pride was found in his heart, 
and he lifted himself up. God saw that and cast him out of heaven. Therefore, the Lord Jesus Christ in time past saw the devil cast down as lightning fall from heaven. Now that he has been cast down, he is described in Job chapter 41 as Leviathan, whose uh, he lives in the deep. You can study that in Job chapter 41. Job 41 describes the devil, and he is called Leviathan in that chapter. Now, don't bother to look at your Bible study notes, uh, even in a good Bible uh, study Bible like the Schofield, because it will cover for Satan every time. And they say Leviathan is either an unknown creature or a dinosaur, or Leviathan is a dragon or a crocodile, and even one Bible uh, study Bible says it's a whirlpool. Well, we don't have to guess. Job 41, when compared with Isaiah Chapters 27, verse 1, will tell us exactly, identify the identification of who Leviathan actually is. Leviathan is the devil in his fallen condition. And it says in Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1, In that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, watch it, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And there you're told that Leviathan is another name for the piercing serpent, the crooked serpent, and the dragon. That is none other than the devil himself. And you study Job chapter 41 and you'll learn some inside information about the devil in his current condition. Now you'll notice that the Leviathan, the devil, has access to the heavens as well as the earth. Now we're talking about after he has been cast down from the mountain of God out of heaven. He did not get cast down to hell as some cults teach. I heard a preacher tell the story of an old North Carolina woman, an old Baptist that lived in North Carolina and the JWs came to her door and she began to talk about the devil and they said, well, now the devil has already been chained in the bottomless pit. And that wise old Bible-believing woman looked at him and said, well, if he's already chained in the pit, he sure does have a long chain. And I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of truth in that. The devil still has access to this earth as well as the heavens. Now you say, preacher, where do you get that? Well, if you'll turn in your Bible to the book of Job, and we're going somewhere with this, so stay with me this morning. Do you want to learn the Bible? Then turn those pages. Job chapter 1 tells us about the devil during the days of Job. This has been within the last 6,000 years, obviously. The devil was in his fallen condition when he tempted Adam and Eve. And here we have him uh, described in Job chapter 1. It says in verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So here comes Satan to report in to his, quote, probation officer, if you will. Uh, they, he comes among these fallen beings called the sons of God. He presents himself to the throne of God. And look at verse 7, what the Lord asks him. The Bible says in Job verse, chapter 1, verse 7, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Now here is the devil in his fallen condition, having been uh, demoted as the anointed cherub and cast as lightning fall from heaven. He is now able to report into the throne room of God to give account of himself. So that means he can travel through the atmosphere and back up to heaven to report into God, although he is an unwelcome uh, personage there. He can't get back into heaven. He can only report into the Lord. 
And so he has access to go back to the throne. He has obviously access to the heavens. But he says, where have I been? I've been walking up and down in the earth to and fro in it and upon it. And so the devil in his current state, his fallen state, has access to this earth. But yet he's called the prince of the power of the air. And so you find that his unclean spirits and his description throughout the Bible and his fallen condition has him uh, with activity in the heavens as well as upon the earth. Did you know that? Yes, absolutely. Now listen, in his current condition, he has become the God of this world, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In fact, so much so has he got control over society through the permissive will of God that he was able to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ in the temptation recorded in Luke chapter 4. He tempted the Lord Jesus Christ in three ways. And one of the temptations was, he says, he showed him in a moment of time all the kingdoms of this earth, of this world. And he told the Lord, he said, if you'll fall down and worship me, which is what he desires is worship. He says, I will give all these kingdoms to you. So that means that he has control over those kingdoms. And he had the ability to offer those kingdoms to the Lord Jesus Christ at that time, 2000 years ago. So Satan has a great deal of power that has been delegated to him and he has no character to mess with. In fact, if we study about him here in the Bible in his current condition as the fallen, uh, demoted cherub that he is, we find that he is, number one, an imitator of God. He often imitates everything that God does. He has uh, a false church. He has false doctrine. He appears as an angel of light. He comes, he has ministers that uh, appear as ministers of righteousness, he imitates everything that God does. He also has, uh, he is known as a thief. He steals the word of God, according to Matthew chapter 13. He comes and steals the word of God from the, those that hear it. He is a deceiver. He deceives people uh, with his false doctrine. He deceives people with his ministers. He deceives people by appearing and transforming himself as an angel of light. He is a liar and the father of it. He is a murderer, the Bible says. It says that he is looking and he is walking about seeking whom he may devour. The Bible talks about uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5 that we as born-again believers, we are to be sober, to be vigilant, and to be on guard, in other words, because our adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He walketh about as a roaring lion. So he's around, and he has unclean spirits and devils that do his bidding for him. Don't assume because you're saved that you will not be deceived by the devil. Uh, he is more subtle than any beast of the field, and his subtlety has ruined and derailed many a Christian. You have to uh, fight him with the shield of faith and with the sword of the Spirit from behind the back of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even Michael the archangel dare not bring a railing accusation against him. Did you read that, Jude chapter 1, verse 9? But rather, he said to the devil, the Lord rebuke thee. These charismatics that stand up and start talking about, I rebuke the devil. Let me tell you something. You better, you better turn and get behind your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only man that was ever able to take him on uh, head on, man to man, face to face, was our lovely Lord Jesus Christ. And three times when our Lord Jesus Christ was tempted with the, by the devil's wiles, 
And by his craftiness, three times our Lord and Savior said, It is written, it is written, it is written. Three punches and he knocked him out of the ring. You're no match for the devil and I'm no match either. But I'll tell you who is. And that's our lovely Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who put his foot on his throat and took his keys and his crown and walked out on death. Hallelujah and glory to God. But I'm going to tell you something. Being saved does not guarantee you'll not be deceived by this being our adversary, Satan, the devil, you've got to stay close to the Lord Jesus. You've got to get up next to him and you've got to believe this book and walk by faith because the devil, listen, he imitates God in all of his glory. He'll imitate him. He'll even have a son one day, just like God almighty did. And we're going to get into that in next week's broadcast, but the devil currently walketh about seeking whom he may devour, who he can deceive, what soul he can murder by blinding them to the truth of the gospel, who he can steal from. And listen, that devil also is currently an accuser of the brethren. The Bible says he accuses the brethren day and night before God. And I'm going to tell you, you're never more satanic-like than when you accuse other Christians of things when you're not sure what's going on. We better be real careful about accusing others. Amen. That's very satanic-like. He brings railing accusations against the saints. Amen and amen. Now listen, in the future, this being is going to come down even further. Right now, he has access into the second and third heavens. He's been demoted from his original position in heaven, and he is called Leviathan now. Leviathan is said to reside in the great deep, but the devil can come to earth and walk up and down in it, according to Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, and his current objective is to blind people's minds to the gospel and to devour Christians and deceive people. Let me ask you a question. We'll pick up our study again next week right here, but let me ask you a question as we close today. Are you saved? Because I'm going to tell you the first thing that this deceiver does is he tries his best to keep people in the dark. He wants to blind the minds and does blind the minds of those who have not believed upon Jesus Christ, lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine unto them. I'm here to tell you that there is, he is no match for our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was demoted and cast as lightning fall from heaven. The Lord Jesus said, I beheld it. And listen, when that cherub was, the anointed cherub was cast out, when iniquity was found in him, he fell as lightning he saw uh, the, the Lord beheld him as lightning fall from heaven. And in his current condition, he looks to devour Christians. But his favorite pastime is keeping sinners in the dark about the gospel. I'm going to tell you something in closing and going off the air today. Here's what you need to know. You are a child of wrath and a child of disobedience. You are in bondage to your master, the devil, whether you know it or not. And his desire is to block what I'm about to tell you from your heart, lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine unto you and you would believe and pass from death to life. But I'm going to tell you something. You're in bondage to sin. And one day, if you die in that condition, you're going to face God in judgment. And you have no hope at that judgment apart from the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came down in the form of a man. He came down and was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a, a life on this earth for 33 years of sinless perfection and then offered himself on the cross in your stead as your substitute. He offered himself to God as the perfect, spotless, sinless lamb of God. 
Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ died and tasted death for you. He died and paid for your sins. That Bible says that God hath made Jesus Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin. Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And the way to receive the righteousness of God is to receive the person of the Lord Jesus. That Bible says that eternal life is a free gift. And the way to receive it is to repent toward God and to put your faith in Jesus Christ. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sinner friend, have you ever received Jesus Christ personally for your own sinfulness, to pay for your sins, to prepare you for the day of judgment? Without Jesus Christ, you are doomed and you will be damned when you die. And nothing would uh, delight the devil any more than to see more souls damned and die without the precious blood of Jesus Christ being applied to their account. That's his main business right now in his lying, deceiving condition. He walketh about the earth seeking whom he may devour and who he may deceive. Has he deceived you? Why not turn from him today and turn to God and trust the Lord Jesus Christ? Until next week, may the Lord open your understanding to the things we've looked at today.